Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, January the 16th, 2023. It is currently 7.10 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I'm going to ask you a very important question. I want you to think about this. What do you think will influence the future of Christianity the greatest. Now, I know we could answer this in a very spiritual way, and we can say, well, obviously, it's the sovereignty of God that will influence the future of Christianity the greatest. And I understand that because, obviously, we believe God is sovereign and that all things work out according to his purpose, his plan for his glory. We, we understand that. But I'm saying from a much more human or practical perspective, right, from a very human perspective— What is going to influence the future of Christianity the most? Now, if you think about it throughout church history, typically what influences the direction of Christianity into the future is typically, I mean, I think this is very fair, a book, like someone will publish a book that will turn out to be extremely influential on theology, on how churches do things, typically some kind of book just kind of rises to this level of significant influence. In many cases, the influence crosses theological streams and theological lines. In many cases, that determines what the church is going to look like 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Now, typically when the book is first published, people may not realize it, but sometimes just we don't know exactly. Sometimes there's no real way to predict it, but that this book, a book comes along and the next thing you know, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, look. The church at large is being influenced by it. So sometimes it's a book. Sometimes it's a specific church, right? The church, the preaching and teaching of that church, it rises to this level of great prominence. It becomes influential. And then then what you see is that church kind of becomes the template and the model for churches over the next two, three, four, five, 10, 15 years moving forward. It becomes really the source of that influence. So it can be a book. It can be a church. Now, sometimes those two things are linked together, right? The, the, the person of, from that, that church writes a book and then it becomes influential. So the two can go hand in hand, but a book, a church, or we can say a specific Christian leader. It could be a theologian. It could be a seminary professor. It could be a pastor. Someone, some, some individual rises to great prominence of influence. So it could be a book. It could be a church. It could be a personality. It could be an individual. Now, sometimes that individual's influence will be spread because of their books, but it could be spread via a podcast. It could be through radio, through television, whatever the case may be. You can go back in church history and see the different ways in in which that influence is spread. But I think those are the three main ways that Christianity is influenced moving forward. Personality, book, or church. Or we could say book, church, personality, whichever order you want. The order is irrelevant, but you get the idea. And that influences Christianity 5, 10, 15 years into the future. And and again, it's always hard to see it at the time, right? Sometimes you can say, look, this, I mean, for example, who could have predicted? 
I think I don't have the year that it was published. I believe it was in the early 80s. It may have been the late 70s, but I believe it was the early 80s. The Gospel According to Jesus by John MacArthur. When that book was first released, could anyone have thought of its significant influence on the way people understand salvation uh, and on the soteriology, uh, the way people view soteriology? I mean, you can you can look at certain books that come out that just have this influence. And what happens is people way down, like the book is released, but then 5, 10, 15 years down the road, people who've never even heard of the book, people who've never even read the book are still being influenced by the theology and the teaching of that book. So the influence continues. And I've often said this, ignorance of something does not negate its influence upon you. You just don't know where the influence is coming from. So I think that's, I think it's a very accurate way that if you look in the past and you can say, okay, oh, look right there, that church, that church sparked an entire movement, that book sparked an entire movement, that person, that personality became a leader who influenced or sparked or, or moved an entire movement. And, and so many times when we're, what we have a tendency to do is to be reactive, not proactive. We tend to be reactive, right? Once the movement emerges, once the influence is felt, then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, do you see that movement? Now we trace it back and go, there's the origins of, say, the, the new apostolic reformation or word faith or prosperity or seeker sensitive or the emergent church, whatever. But it's always after the fact, once the influence begins, then we, we, we are reactive instead of proactive because it takes, it's very hard sometimes to see, wait, this is the thing that's going to influence the church five or 10 years down the road. So we tend to be reactive within Christianity instead of proactive because what can, what, what can be very frustrating is when you see something, you're like, that, that's it right there. That's going to be the thing and, and not in every situation, but in many situations, in many situations, the people will ignore you when you're when you're kind of like a, a, the first one saying, hey, everyone right here, this is going to be the, the future of the church. People tend to just ignore you. Then five, 10 years later, when everyone's talking about it, no one remembers. Wait a minute. You were warning us five or 10 years ago. It typically doesn't work that way. Christians, in many cases, just I think we're typically behind and we're typically reactive instead of proactive. I, I think I think that there is a lot of truth to that. You can tell me whether you agree or disagree, but I, I kind of, I, I, I believe that that is the way it works, that the things that influence Christianity are books, churches, and personalities, and that Christianity tends to be reactive instead of proactive to what is going to influence the church down the road. And if you try to point people to what's going to influence the church down the road, you're typically ignored. So I believe, or let me put it this way. I'm going to put forth a hypothesis. I'm going to put forth a theory of what is going to influence Christianity five, five years, maybe even less than five years. Over the next five to 10 years, what is going to possibly influence the future of Christianity? Now, I could be wrong here. This is just a theory, just a hypothesis, and I definitely want you to go, nope, I completely disagree. This is what I think is going to influence Christianity, but I, I believe something is happening, and I think there's a lot of people paying attention to it, and I think some have even raised the question 
of its possible influence on Christianity, but I'm, I'm going to be one of those voices and I'm going to try to maybe, maybe a little bit more dogmatic, but I believe something is happening and we've got to pay attention. And what is happening is the absolute explosion, the absolute rise, the absolute takeover of AI, artificial intelligence. So I'm going to put forth the theory. I'm going to put put forth the hypothesis that artificial intelligence will be a massive influence on the future of Christianity. Now, look, I'm just throwing out the hypothesis. I could be completely wrong. I'm throwing out the hypothesis. I'm throwing out the theory. And I'm throwing it out in a dogmatic way simply to get other people to take up the, the discussion to look into it, to research it, to see what they find. I, I, I know I could be wrong, but I'm throwing it out there because I just think we're on to something. And I've been thinking about this. I've been asking questions uh, even in our Discord channel. There are people who uh, either will post uh, artwork that they created from an AI program, or in many cases, if we're talking about a subject, they will go into AI put in the parameters, and then post what the AI gives them as the answer to this theological topic or theological issue. So even there, it's showing up in, in a small way, but it's still showing up. And I would think not not everyone is really, you know, into or onto the, the, the rise and the spread of AI, but those who are are starting to learn how to utilize it, how to use it. And when the more I see that, the more I'm like, well, wait a minute. How, what could that do for the future of Christianity? Now, I've been talking about this for a very long time. I think, I think it goes back three, four years, maybe even five years ago. It's been a long time since I started asking questions about what would we, what would we do and, what, and how would it impact the church if we basically have a, a robot and artificial intelligence preaching delivering sermons. I started throwing that theory out there before. It didn't really garner much. Nobody really answered the question. And I think that those, those episodes got, I don't know, you know, not very many downloads. Let it put, let's put it that way. It didn't spark a conversation. But you know what? I think now, I'm sorry, maybe before you just thought it was cr me, crazy talk for me, but I think we've crossed... <laughs> We've crossed the bridge. We've crossed the line. Now everyone's going to have to start talking about this. And I think more and more Christian podcasts, I think they have started talking about it. And I think we're going to see more and more. And the reason I'm talking about it is I was downstairs just trying to figure out what I was going to do uh, this evening. Haven't had the greatest day. And all of a sudden I got a, uh, an, an alert, if I can speak correctly, for two news articles. And when they came back to back, from two different sites. And when I saw the two news articles, I was like, well, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight on the Theology Central podcast. Whatever other ideas I have planned for tonight, I'm just going to throw those aside. We're going to talk about these. So I'm going to read these articles, or at least some of them to you. And I want you to just start thinking of the possible ramifications to Christianity moving forward. I know many of you are going to be like, that's just ridiculous. AI is not going to impact Christianity in any way, shape, or form. That's ridiculous. But I, I'm starting to have some serious doubts when people say it's not going to influence. I think it is. I think it is. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have it all figured out, but I think I'm going to raise, I'm going to raise the question. So here we go. Let's um, open up my iPad. Here is article number one. And this was posted earlier today, about two, about 2, 10 PM. Actually it was, uh, no, I take this back. It was published Friday, January the 13th. I have no idea why I got a notification today. I don't even me- remember from which app, but I got the notification and here's the headline. 90%, not 80%, not 70%, not 60%, not 40%, of online content could be generated by AI by 2025. 90% of online content is not going to be generated by people. It's going to be generated by AI. Now, I know you could argue, well, it'll be people who'll be placing the parameters within AI and then AI will produce it. But they're still calling it that 90% of it's going to be generated by AI by 2025, experts say. Now, we're at 2023. So within two years, when you're on the Internet and you're reading articles and you're looking at different things, that's going to be content, 90% of it, according to this, this article, is going to be generated by artificial intelligence. Basically, we'll say it this way. I mean, it may not be the most technically correct way of saying it, but just think of it as computer generated. Think of it that way. AI, generated content, news that you're reading, articles that you're reading. Not a person, but AI. A person may be involved in putting in the parameters, gathering the information from AI, and then posting it so there may be a human element in it i mean we would have to get you know break down the entire process of exactly where the human ends where the human begins and the ai be, uh, where the you let me state it this way where the human ends and the ai takes over we could have to break it down a little bit more and maybe we'll, we'll talk about that later right now i just want you to just consider what would that mean say for christian websites you go to a website for a devotional but that devotional was created by ai you go to a website for a Bible study, but it was a Bible study written by AI. You go to a, a sermon site, and the sermon was actually generated and put together by AI. A person may read it. A person may deliver it. Now, you, as voice technology becomes better and better and better, it could even be preached by AI. Written and preached. You're a Christian podcast hosted by AI. I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking of all the possible applications of this. But Christian websites, and you're like, oh, think about this. Oh, this is interesting. A digital generated or a digital AI generated AI commentary. You go look up a commentary like I I need to know about whatever, Acts, whatever. And it's an AI. It's a a digital generated AI commentary. Now, for some people like, so what? But I mean, does that, what do you, you, I mean, could could it, I mean, think about it. (laughs) Would it be possible, I'm just saying theoretically, that somehow we could come up with an AI generated Christianity that somehow tries to answer all of the things that create schism and debate and division. Now, I know that's theoretical right now, but let's read a little bit of this article. Generative AI 
like OpenAI's chat GPT could completely revamp how digital content is developed, said Nina Schick, advisor and speaker and AI thought leader, told Yahoo Finance Live. I think we might reach 90% of online content generated by AI by 2025. So this technology, uh, and, and so because this technology is beginning to explode and grow. She said, I believe the majority of digital content is going to start to be produced by AI. You see chat, GPT, but there are a whole plethora of other platforms and applications that are coming up. The surge of interest in open AIs has facilitated a wide-ranging public discussion about AI and an expanding role in our world, in a particular way, generative AI. Chat GPT has really captured the public imagination in an extremely compelling way, but I think in a few months' time, Chat GPT is just going to be seen as another tool powered by this new form of AI known as generative AI, she said. It's important to understand exactly what generative AI is and what it isn't. What generative AI can do, essentially, is create new things that would have thus far been seen as unique to human intelligence or creativity, she said. Generative AI can create across all media, Text, video, audio, pictures, every digital medium can be powered by generative AI. So I think these uh, valuations that you're seeing for open AI are actually going to go up and you're going to start seeing even more generative AI companies, which have universal applications across many industries in 2023. This is all still really new as applications for generative AI have only really been coming to the fore, basically to the, they say to the fore, I'll just say to the forefront, and the last 24 to six months added Schick. The pace of acceleration is incredible, they go on to say. And then there's a lot more here that they can talk about, but just think about it. It, it can generate across all of those different uh Platforms. Let me go through, uh, find them again, the list again here of them. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, let's see, where is it? It named, uh, I think it named video, it named audio. Across all medium lines, let's see here. Um, okay, every, every digital medium. Uh, can be powered. Okay, here we go. All media, text, video, audio, and pictures. Text, video, audio, pictures. Every digital medium can be powered by generative AI. That would be everything. Hey, coming, you know, hey, this has just released a new Christian book on the Trinity produced by generative AI. A new book just produced on baptism by generative AI. A new book on how the church should be structured by generative AI. We just go on and on and on and on and on and on. Text, pictures, podcasts, sermons, everything. 
What what does that what does that mean for the future? Now you, you but I, I think you would be completely naive to think that this is not going to have influence on Christianity. Clearly, Christianity is going to be influenced by this. I think I think those who are using it, who are who are experimenting with it, who know far more about it than I do. There, there's some some people in our Discord channel who know f- about it far more than I do. I think th- I think I have, I think I've even asked some questions they, they, about how it could work. They've even demonstrated by asking generative, basically generative AI, some questions about something related to theology, and they post the answers. So I think it would be naive to think that that's not going to be influential. The debate will be how influential will it be, and will it be transformative? In other words, there, there, I think everyone knows it will have some influence, but how much and will it cross a barrier that it's transformative? That in a, fit, in a sense, Christianity is being transformed. It's being changed in some way, shape, or form by generative AI. I think that that is a fascinating question, and I don't have all the answers. I think that those, it, it, it's going to be really weird, right? If you think about it, the future influence of Christianity may not be determined by pastors or theologians or Bible scholars. It's going to be determined by those with the technical expertise to use a generative AI and to use it in a way that's most advantageous to that, to the message getting out based off whatever generative AI program they're utilizing. I mean, are we looking at a place where the theologian, the the pastor, the teacher is going to be, I mean, is going to be secondary, is going to be irrelevant, lose its relevance in any way, shape, or form? So, So that was news article number one. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I wasn't still completely decided that I was going to talk about it. But then immediately, of course, I got the second notification and I saw this. Alarmed by AI chatbots, universities start revamping how they teach. Now, this immediately caught my attention because now here's showing how AI is already having impact on universities. So if it's already impacting this, and it's probably impacting plenty of other areas, obviously, well, then I don't think that the church or Christianity or theology is going to be immune to it. I think we're very open for it. Here's what it says. While grading essays for his world religions course, well, world religions course, I took a world religions course at uh, Grace University in Omaha, Nebraska. While grading essays for his world religions course last month, Anthony Amen, a professor of philosophy at Northern Michigan University, read what he said was easily the best paper in the class. It explored the morality of burqa bans with clean paragraphs, fitting examples, and rigorous arguments. A red flag instantly went up. Amon confronted his student over whether he had written the essay himself. The student confessed to using chat GPT, a chat box that delivers information, explains con- concepts, and generates ideas in simple sentences. And in this case, 
had written the paper. Alarmed by the discovery, Amon decided to transform essay writing for his courses this semester. He plans to require students to write first drafts in the classroom using browsers that monitor and restrict computer activity. In later drafts, students have to explain each revision. Amon, who may forego essays in subsequent semesters, also plans to weave chat GPT into lessons by asking students to evaluate the chat box response. What's happening in class is no longer going to be here. Here are some questions. Let's talk about it between us human beings, he said. But instead, it's like, what else? What also does this alien robot think? Across the country, university professors and department chairs and administrators are starting to overhaul classrooms in response to chat GPT promoting a potentially huge shift in teaching and learning. Some professors are redesigning their courses entirely, making changes that include more oral exams, group work, and handwritten assessments in lieu of the typed ones. The moves are part of a real-time grappling with a new technological wave known as, wait for it, generative artificial intelligence. So that's two articles, all right? Now, someone uh, just asked the question, I wonder if... if, um, I wonder if all AI would come to I wonder if all AI would come to the same conclusion about all aspects of theology unlike humans maybe they can get it right. Well, I according to those at least in the Discord channel who have used it, I the problem will be that the parameters you put in, in other words, you could put in a parameter I guess in a certain way to get the theological conclusion you want. In other words, if you want infant baptism to be supported and promoted and seen as correct, you can put in the parameters to get infant baptism. And if you don't want infant baptism, you could put in the parameters to get it. So I think, I think at least for my limited understanding, it still could be controlled and manipulated in a way to get a specific theological bent or a theological position. But I, I personally think, personally think, that maybe we're a year or two away where AI can really kind of put just, you just give them like, here's the Bible. Like, you know, I don't know exactly how would this work. I'm going to input my parameter is Genesis to Revelation there. Now, AI based off Genesis to Revelation, not based on any other consideration. What should I believe about baptism? Based off scripture from Genesis to Revelation alone, what should I believe about the Lord's Supper? What should I believe about sacramental theology versus, say, an ordinance-minded? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. It would be interesting to see, but I think we're getting there. Now, you're right. Humans, on one hand, on one hand, I mean, can I complain? Because humans haven't gotten it right. We can't agree on anything. <laughs> so we've been arguing forever. So now some will say, no, we didn't argue in the early. Okay, wh- whatever. Okay, I'm not, not, not to go back to the earlier, uh, what happened to me earlier today. But I think it's, a, I think we have to consider what are the ramifications. If universities right now are like, hey, I got to change the whole way I teach. In fact, I may just get rid of writing essays completely for my curriculum. If they are already being impacted by it, then we would be utterly foolish as Christians to go, oh, no. <laughs> 
This has got, this has got no, this has got no problem. This has got no problem. This is, this is nothing. Now I, I, because I feel like, I feel like a long time ago, I was like, Christianity is going to be politically hijacked. And I don't think anybody listened to me and it became politically hijacked. Now I feel like it's about to be taken over by artificial intelligence. I know that sounds like something crazy from a sci-fi movie, but I really believe that's where we are. If 90% of online content, if that, if that assessment is true, by 2025, is 90% of it's going to be generated by AI. Is the, is the only 10% of the non-generated AI, is it going to be Christian podcast, Christian sermons, and Christian articles? Is the Christian side of things is going to be, nope, no AI generated anything. Am, am I going to have to start making an announcement before I preach? Or like my, my intro is going to be, you're about to hear an episode of the Theology Central podcast. This podcast was not created by generative AI. When, before I go live for my sermons, you're about to hear a sermon being preached at Victory Baptist Church in Ovalo, Texas. Please note that none of this sermon was created by generative AI, meaning that it's probably more incorrect than the sermons being preached by generative AI. I mean, I, I, I would, I would, it would be interesting to know who could write a better sermon. Remember, in that particular example, the person who wrote the best paper. For the world religions class was not any of the humans. AI had the best paper. So if AI can write the best university paper, then that means they would be able to write the best uh, entry for a theological journal. You would think they would be able to write, AI would be able to be able to write the best theology book. Now, that's not a far leap. If they can produce the best, if it can, if AI can produce the best theological paper, right, or the best paper in a world's religions class, then why wouldn't it pr produce a better sermon than I could preach? And if it can create the voice as well, you don't even need me. I'm just, I become completely irrelevant. I mean, what would you prefer to listen to? An AI-generated podcast that everything's going to be pronounced perfectly. None of the issues that have, like, you know, have to swallow some weird thing that, you know, humans do. A pause or a stutter or I repeat things too many times or I forget a point or I'm trying to look up a definition like on Sunday and all of a sudden I can't find the right definition. We can go back and listen to all of those podcast episodes. None of, there would be none of those issues. It would be perfect. It would be concise. It would follow all the proper ramifications for a proper broadcast. Perfectly timed out to the very minute. They may lack human emotion, but in some cases when it comes to theology and doctrine and, Bi and the Bible, do you want human emotion or do you want accuracy? Do you want to be correct? I mean, I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm literally waiting the next time I'm in church because if you've ever listened to my teaching, you know that I'm constantly trying to get, I'm asking questions, asking questions. I'm waiting one time for somebody to go, wait a minute, what's your question again? And I just, I watch them on their phone or on their computer. One second. Well, according to generative AI, the, the correct answer to your question about the proper distinction between law and gospel is, and I quote, or wait, I'll just play the audio. And I'm like, okay, like, I mean, 
I, I don't know how I obviously there will be glitches and there'll be problems and it won't be perfect. And there'll be some issues, especially as this technology continues to develop and improve, but it's already exploding. And the, the article talked about, it's been incredible exp, experiential growth. I think is what they, I think it was, I think that's referenced in the article. In other words, it's just growing leaps and bounds. It's moving faster than anyone can predict. Universities are scrambling to figure out what to do. And possibly in two years, 90% of all online content is going to be created by generative AI. Now, I think on one hand, I'm fascinated to be living at this time watching it. I'm fascinated to be like on one hand, I'm like, I, 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 it is so cool that I'm watching this. But on the other hand, I'm kind of like, well, what does that mean for me? For my, for, for what I do. I mean, I love doing this. I love sitting in front of a microphone talking about these things. I love to teach. I love to preach. I do. Now, I think there'll be the old, the older generation, and you know how this is going to divide along generational lines. The older generation is like, I want a person. I want flesh and blood. I want a human. Like, they're going to be very like, hold back in the olden days. I want it like it was in the olden days. And the newer generation is going to be like, hey, what, I don't know what you did in the older days, but I don't really care about walking, you know, to school three miles uphill in the snow, you know, and walking home the same, up the same hill three miles and the same, you know, how old people can talk about how things were in the olden days. The, the younger generation is going to be like, why do it that way? It makes no sense. AI, it's going to know the, the Greek word. It's going to know the Hebrew word. It's going to know all the variations of the Greek and Hebrew word. It's, no, it's going to know how to say it correct way. It's going to know all the Bible references. It's going to know all the cross references. It's going to know how to pronounce those bizarre names found in the Bible. It's going to know everything. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be able to immediately process uh, what uh, the church has said universally about it for 2,000 years. It's going to be... So, I mean, do we end up waking up one day and like, hey, the new Christianity, it's unified. And it was given to us by generative AI. What you humans couldn't do in 2,000 years, a generative AI has said, here is the correct theology, the end. Now, for a Catholic system, they'd be like, no, 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 no. AI can't determine it. The magisterium and the Pope determines it. But in the Protestant world, if AI was to make the claim, if someone was to make the claim that AI used scripture alone and now here is what you are to believe, I wonder how many people would go along with that. Now, I know we could get into wild conspiracy and I, and I, and I don't want to go crazy specula speculative, but let's say if we are, that if your eschatology believes that there will be a one world religion that will develop, Will it develop because of an artificial intelligence that says, here's the new religion? Here's the new whatever. I just see that long pause. See that long pause? Generative AI wouldn't have had long. Did you hear me swallow? See, it wouldn't, AI wouldn't have to do any of that. So what do you think? Now, this fits in perfect with our, our theme for the next six to seven weeks, discernment. 
what should our discernment be here? I can see the potential of danger, but at the same time, let's be fair. Let's be fair. That danger has existed with people. I mean, the one thing, I mean, you know, we, we false teachers and false prophets have been present in the church from the very beginning. We are the greatest issue. So on one hand, I don't know if I can see AI as being sinister because now what I would be concerned with is how people who have a sinful nature use or manipulate AI in order to mislead or deceive. I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this. I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this because I think it's just a fascinating, I think it's a fascinated, a fascinating area. I, I don't, I, but I, I still think this is going, look, I, I am dogmatic that it will influence Christianity. That's what I will be dogmatic on. I'm not yet convinced how much or if it will be totally transformative, but I, but the more I read, the more I'm leaning in that direction but I'm just putting it forth as a hypothesis and a theory right now. That, that's, that's what I'm doing. And I'll leave it to you to consider. But I think it's something we have to I think maybe 2023, maybe the big story of the year is going to be generative AI and its influence upon religion, theology, and the church. Now, I'm not denying its influence on everything else. But for, for my purpose, for my purpose... I want to see how it's going to influence Christianity. So give me your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. My email is answered by me, not generative AI. And as far as I can tell, at least for the foreseeable future, this podcast will still be hosted by a very fallible, sinful human being, me. Right now, in the future, I think I think I think in the future, many people will be happy because if their if their pastor is generative AI, he will never fail, he will never sin, he'll never mess up, and the church can decide what that you know. If you think about it, that I think church members have been wanting a generative AI pastor for basically the history of the church. Hey, we'll give you the parameters. Here's what we want you to say. Here's what we want you to do. Don't ever variate from, don't ever, if you don't ever, don't, don't veer from it in any way, shape or form. There's no veering from it. No, no, uh, uh, you can't turn from it in any way, shape or form. And AI can say, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll give you exactly what the parameters are. He's never going to make a moral failure. Never going to mess up in his preaching. We'll always say exactly what the people, what he wants, what is supposed to say. I think many, many church members would be more, more happy with an AI generated pastor than they will a human being. I really believe that. Now, the argument in the church will be, what parameters should we give this pastor? <laughs> okay, that would be the, the argument. I don't know. Yeah, lots of thoughts, lots of thoughts, but for the foreseeable future, this podcast will be hosted by a fallible, sinful, a, a fallible and sinful human being, me. I will stumble over words. I will make mistakes. I will get emotional when I shouldn't. I will say things the wrong way. I will sin. And uh, you either will somehow find comfort in that, that the same, that I'm just as fallible as you are. I'm just as sinful as you are. I fall just like you fall. And there's, and that we're all just working together to figure this out. Or you'll go, hmm, 
There's that new Christian theology podcast hosted by Generative AI. Never sins, always says everything right. That's what I want. It'll be interesting to see what people decide. Again, email me your thoughts. See how I'm repeating myself? Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. God bless.